Till I'm Tiptoed You Dot com The podcast about pop culture Black history and spirituality Yeah It's about to be a great vibe Dr. Tip Gonna take it away Till I'm Tiptoed You Hey y'all, hey, thank you for joining me for another edition of Tell Them to Told You. It's your girl Tip. I am so excited to be with you today. Uh, I really only have one topic I want to talk about today because it is, you know, oh, it's making my teeth itch and I really want to unpack it with you guys. And that, I, let me just say right off the bat, black pathology is a myth. So I'm going to tell you about some things that I've witnessed this week that I just really want to address because I'm sick of this notion that somehow black people are broken. Let me just tell you. So the first thing that happened this week is um, I saw a clip of the comedian Lonnie Love on The View trying to say that affluent black men don't know how to have healthy relationships with black women. And she was blaming slavery for that. Because one of her her, um, co-hosts tried to say, no, you know, men across the board have that problem. It's not just a black man problem. But she wanted to double down and suggest that slavery somehow made us uh, dysfunctional in family. Let me address this foolishness. One, dear Lonnie Love, if you want to date your white man, you date your white man. But what you don't need to do is try to generalize a problem to black men so that you can rationalize why you've chosen your white man, right? We don't need you to do that. Just say you fell in love with who you fell in love with and leave brothers alone, right? You don't have to make an excuse for your choice based upon some myth you've created about black men and their inability to relate to black women as a result of slavery. Mm, Y'all, okay? (laughs) Let me say something about that tendency to blame slavery for black family problems. One, black families are not unique in their problems, okay? There are all kinds of families that have issues. Black families are not the only (laughs) families that have issues. Let's start there. But on top of that, let me say something about the period of transatlantic enslavement. Yes, families were ripped apart. That was one of the horrific realities of chattel slavery, okay? No one can deny that that happened. But you cannot have that conversation without acknowledging that as soon as black folk liberated themselves, one of the first things they did was to take out ads and papers, travel across the the United States, uh, use the word of mouth network to try to reconnect to family, Right. You can't talk about what was done to black families and not talk about what black families did with their own agency to create networks so that they could reunite with people that they had been ripped from. Okay, so obviously there was not a problem with black folk understanding family if you sought it out immediately as soon as you had the agency to do so or the the empower the power to do so. Right. On top of that, we have a whole phenomenon of extended family privileging and fictive kinship in black communities, because although people could, yes, 
during the period of enslavement snatch you from your families. We created family that didn't necessarily depend on blood. So any relationship issues we have now are not necessarily caused by the systematic ripping apart of families during enslavement. You just can't say that. It did not happen in a vacuum. And you cannot ignore the actions of enslaved people to create family and then turn around and say their their descendants are somehow dysfunctional as proof of their divorce rates, as if they're the only people getting divorced. Or if rich black men are the only men who cheat. That's some foolishness. Okay, so let me go to part two. So that was part one of the aggravation. Part two was on a, um, there's an IG influencer that I follow that I have tremendous respect for. She was um, rightfully critiquing Love's comments. And there was a young sister on the thread who was like, um, do yourself a favor and Google the Willie Lynch letter. It explains everything. Right. So, you know, I had to hit her with one. There was no such thing as a man named Willie Lynch. That is an urban myth. Let's stop spreading that foolishness. Right. And two, again, you are giving your oppressor way too much power by suggesting that the condition of slavery fundamentally changed black views of family. It did not. I just gave you the evidence that as soon as black people were free, they tried to reunite their families. So you can't, I mean, you can't skip that reality. All right, so the third thing that happened this week. Now, those of you who are in education are going to be a little bit more familiar with this person than other people. But let me just tell y'all that there is this white woman, I'm putting scholar in air quotes, who made millions off of something called the culture of poverty, Ruby Payne. So Ruby Payne had this whole professional development branding package, right? She wrote this book that talked about basically the black children, she didn't say black children, I'm sorry, poor children, and we could read black into her text, um, were incapable of learning certain ways, that teachers needed to be sympathetic to them. Basically, she talked about lowering standards for children who lived in poverty, okay? Incredibly dysfunctional text, totally deficiency um, perspective, just problematic. And if you just Google it through Google Scholar, not just general Google, you will find that not a number of credentialed scholars of all races critiqued that work, right? It was not a sound research project. It was shown that some of her anecdotal stories had been manufactured, all that kind of stuff, you know, just problematic. Well, on Twitter the other day, Ruby Payne is now selling a new thing called emotional poverty. And the copy um, on the ad says something about create safer classrooms by dealing with the anger and the violence in your classrooms, blah, blah, blah. And emotional poverty is the, is the name of the, the event that she's hosting. The next one is in Atlanta. The ad I saw is for Atlanta. And if it weren't, if it didn't cost, I would definitely go and cut up, but I don't want her to have the money. But anyway, I was disturbed by the number of white presenting, because I'm just looking at your social media profiles, white presenting teachers saying they wanted to go. Now, let me just say that even the title of the thing with the, the copy ad demonstrates how illogical it is. Emotional poverty, 
Treat emotional poverty by dealing with anger, violence, frustration, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Aren't those emotions? So how are these, if indeed your children are angry and violent and all this kind of stuff, then they're not emotionally impoverished. They have emotion. Just say you don't know how to deal with the emotions that they may exhibit. Here's the problem with Ruby Payne, right? She seeks to blame the student's reaction to the system without a critique of the system. She is part of the system that creates the anger and the violence and things like that. On top of that, there is a general tendency to want to say that black students are the problem because they are violent, because they are deficient, because they are dysfunctional. That tendency is a problem. And it it tied for me to the other things that I witnessed this week. So I wanted to be clear today. That's why the title of this episode is that, that black pathology is a myth. Let me say it one more time. Black pathology is a myth. I put that on my page on Facebook and a well-meaning brother um, started spitting this stuff at me about epigenetics and all that kind of stuff. Now, let me say this. My undergraduate thesis was on post-traumatic slavery syndrome, right? We do know it is true that PTSD can be inherited. All right. It can be inherited. Unresolved trauma can be passed. The last lit review I did set up to three generations down. All right. That you could document that. So post-traumatic slavery syndrome is a theoretical stance that through epigenetics, we have inherited some traumas from our ancestors. I will never say that that's not true. I believe that. I believe there's some things in that. But what the, the lit is also clear on is that it can be resolved in subsequent generations. So even though I may have inherited a trauma from a previous generation, that does not mean that I can't end the trauma myself. Right. So it can be disruptive. So let's go back to the slavery and the family example. If we are suggesting that there were inherited traumas during slavery because of a child being sold away from a parent, for example. Right then that generation could pass that trauma on to a subsequent generation, so on and so forth. However, at the point that the generation seeks to resolve the trauma, the trauma can be resolved and therefore it does not pass to subsequent generations. It ends with the generation that sought to end it, right? Now, what did I just say? Yes, People were snatched apart from each other during the, during slavery. But I also said during Reconstruction and other periods post-enslavement, Africans in the U.S. sought out family. That's evidence that some people within their families were able to undo the trauma of the selling apart. Therefore, descendants of those people may not necessarily be exhibiting the trauma of previous generations. All right. So don't spit that epigenetic stuff at me as evidence of black pathology when you aren't considering the wholeness of that theory. Okay. All right. So I'm going to move on from that, that Um, another brother commented that There is no such thing. He agreed that there is no such thing as black pathology. What we're evidencing is a lack of self-knowledge. And I agree 100 percent with that. 100 percent do I agree with Ernest Krim 
saying that it's not that we are inheriting some type of pathologies, it's that we don't understand things, we're not talking through them. And if we go back to epigenetics and the research about trauma and inherited trauma, once we learn about certain things, once we discuss these things, then the trauma can be treated and the cycle ends. But I wanna go back to Lonnie Love and Ruby Payne, all right? When we suggest that only poor people are angry, that's just factually untrue. When we suggest that black men pathologically cheat and they are unique in that, that's just simply untrue. And what you're doing is perpetuating white supremacist notions of black inferiority. And if you are one of those people, whether your skin is black or not, you are perpetuating white supremacist notions of blackness. And I'm going to need you to stop. So if you are one of those people that hears me say black pathology is a myth and you push back against that, I want you to ask yourself why you so readily believe that black people are broken. May I present to you my hypothesis? It became quite evident with that young girl um, pushing back with me about Willie Lynch and all that kind of foolishness. For some reason, because let me tell you what's funny is people, when people um, enter into debates with me, although I'm an academic snob, I usually don't fall back to that first. I usually only invoke that language if you invoke it first. And so this sister, because she had a master's degree, sought to teach me something. And so I had to let her know not only do I have a master's degree in black studies, my PhD is on uh, <laughs> black literacy with an emphasis on 19th century black literacy. So I'm studying the period you t you're trying to talk about and I'm degreed in it. So don't try to throw your weight with me. And I, what I'm saying is the kind of people who do that to me are evidencing that you want to see yourself as set apart from other black people. And I think those of us who readily embrace the idea that somehow blackness is pathological, what we're really trying to do is to separate ourselves from the masses of black folk. Naeem Akbar would call that alien self disorder. Like you don't see yourself as linked to this thing. That thing is pathological. That's why Lonnie Love can talk about black males right? Black men, because she's seeking to separate herself from that. And in that separation, what you're trying to do is present yourself as better off than some black people. So for example, if you're saying black families are broken because of slavery and you yourself are, are in a seemingly united family, what you're trying to say is my family overcame that, but you know, other black people haven't. And I think subconsciously what you're trying to do is to say you're better than and you need, you are depending on black pathology to mark yourself as better than other black people. I think that's why you internalize that. That's where I think that whole t-shirt, I am my ancestors wildest dreams, I think that's why that's problematic. Because as, as long as you allow yourself to see your ancestors so, solely as enslaved persons with no agency or, or power, then it makes you feel better about your little $50,000 a year job, right? But when you look at, again, the period of reconstruction immediately following slavery and you see how people born enslaved died multimillionaires, that should humble you. 
And your ancestors in that case, my ancestors in my case are my wildest dreams. I think I've told you before, my great grandfather left his children over 40 acres apiece. I, I can't do that. So he is my wildest dream. Born in the 1800s. Do you understand what I'm saying? I think, I think subconsciously, if we, if we buy into the myth of black pathology, we are saying more about ourselves than we are about blackness. What we are saying is, I need to depend on the idea of black pathology to make myself seem successful. You also barking yourself as unlearned in my book, but that's a whole nother story. Black people are not uniquely damaged as a result of slavery. Fight me. You need to figure out why you think so. Other than you have been educated by a school system that depends on that myth, and you, in your black skin, might be perpetuating that myth, and I have a huge problem with that. Either way it goes, people, we have some real work to do. Does that mean that we don't have... Um, that there aren't consequences of enslavement? Yes, most of them are structural and economic. But I want black people to do better and stop believing the worst about yourselves. That's the problem I have. People are believing the worst about blackness because of how we've been conditioned. And we, we have to do better. Hold yourself to a higher standard. And don't believe the worst things about your people. When people say black being X, Y, Z, ask yourself, are black men unique in that thing? Don't immediately go to slavery and say, yeah, they must be broken. Are black women unique in this thing? Oh, yeah, they must be broken. Are black children unique in being poor? Hell no. Are black children unique in having problems in a school system that wasn't designed for them? No, they're not. So stop with the foolishness, okay? I don't have much else to say today because I'm in my feelings about this. And I just, I, I can't say enough about how disgusted I am with black people who can't see the strength that it took our ancestors to endure the period of enslavement. You can't carry their shoes and you want to talk about what's broken. Do you know how, you, how much you have to love family? How much you have to love family to go out into the world with little information about where your children may be and look for them? Let it, let, and let's even address the, the myth that black folk were illiterate. Y'all taking out newspaper ads trying to find your family. And then generations later, people got your name in the dust talking about that's why we can't hold families together. Do you understand how disrespectful some of y'all Negroes are? I, black men don't know how to hold a family together because of slavery. Do you, you see how ignorant you sound? Ooh, some of y'all need some visitations. <laughs> and some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all need some visitations. You need some visitations because you, you, you are so easily and readily disrespecting our ancestors who, who lived through those horrors and in the middle of those horrors maintained family. Oh, y'all, I'm trying to, to hold my mule. Let me, let me go on and get off this podcast today. I just wanted to pop on, 
say that. Say my peace. Let y'all know I love you. Um, we are entering into the middle of January, so we are almost a full month into 2020. I hope you are living a blessed life, that you are doing your best things, that you are learning harder than you've ever learned before, that you are teaching harder than you've ever taught before, that you're being the self that challenges the self. And in that challenge, I'm going to challenge you and me too to continue learning about what our people have accomplished so that we can be held to an even higher standard. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Tell them to told you. Bye.